What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wayfinder. It's Adam. I'm alone in the studio today. Thinking of you guys. Hope everything's going well for y'all. Things are going good for me right now. Things are going well. So I just, I want to send that love and that positive energy out to you guys. Um, I'm really stoked about it, man. I'm glad that things are going well in my life right now. I'm really thankful for it. Um, and so we've got a, I've got a really dope episode for you today. Um, I'm excited to share this with you. I was actually going to do something uh, different. We were going to do a podcast with me and my buddy Caleb and uh, David Whitehead, who you guys know we've had on the on the show a couple times. I love David. Great researcher. And with all the crazy stuff going on in the world, uh, it really uh, felt like a good thing to do. I'll get into why I didn't make that call or why I made the call not to do that here in just a minute. Uh, but uh, first of all, just to give you guys a rundown of what we're doing today. Uh, so today's show, we're going to get into uh, Manly P. Hall and uh, the seven races of mankind going back to Lemuria, Atlantis, and beyond. Uh, so I, I just found this lecture from Manly P. Hall. And uh, if anyone is listening to this who hasn't listened to Manly P. Hall or ha who hasn't dug into any of his books or anything like that, I can't tell you enough how important he is uh, in my life. Um, probably nobody has shaped my worldview um, and my thoughts on mysticism and uh, uh, alternative perspectives of history uh, and uh, religion and Gnosticism and what else? Uh, just the nature of people, the nature of the human race and what we're what we're here to do i don't think anyone else has shaped my view of all those things more than manly p hall and in my view he's the greatest occult teacher in the last couple thousand years maybe since jesus right if jesus was a real guy which i, I think he was i don't want to have that argument but um a great teacher manly p hall manly palmer hall you can go look him up manly p hall uh in fact if you go to our youtube channel Wayfinder um, podcast, which I, I assume most of you guys are following that on YouTube. You should be. Uh, even if you're listening to this on Spotify or Google Play or SoundCloud or whatever else, um, you can go to YouTube and we have playlists on there. And I, maybe I haven't been like super diligent putting every video that I could, you know, I've ever watched on a playlist, but I've got a lot of them. So if you're into Gnosticism, I've got a playlist for Gnosticism. If you're into uh, shamanism, I've got a playlist for that. Let me see what all I've got here. I've got, uh, I'm going to pull it up. You know, that's one cool thing about doing this on uh, audio only. Ever since I made the decision a couple weeks ago where we made the decision, JC and I, to stop dicking with the video, it takes so much pressure off me, man. It takes so much pressure. <sighs> I'm learning how to breathe when I talk. Learning how to do multiple things at once so I can do that. All right, let's see what we got. Audio only, it, and it's so much faster to upload. Okay, so listen, if you go onto the YouTube, there's uh, Ancient Technology. You can find it in our YouTube channel. There's Ancient Technology. Uh, that's a playlist. I've only got four videos in there. Uh, there's Philosophy. There's 27 videos in there. I've got Ancient Civilizations. There's 37 videos in there. I've got Magic, Hermeticism, Alchemy, and Esotericism. 33 videos there. Religions. 
got 14 videos. Anyway, there's just more and more and more. So I've got Gnosticism, Mathematics, Unified Physics, Kundalini and Chakras, Shamanism, Psychedelics, Healing, Waking Up, and then Cymatics and Acoustics. And so, you know, I might massage those around when I start spending more time on it. But there's a lot of good videos. So people are always asking me for, like, good videos and stuff. I'm telling you, Manly P. Hall changed your life. Like, everybody's super hot on Terrence McKenna and Alan Watts, you know, and um, uh, some of these others. But uh, to me, Manly P. Hall's king. Uh, and that's just my opinion, right? Um, Alan Watts has changed the lives of probably tens of millions of people. Uh, and, he, and he's got a, a slightly different angle, you know. Um, he's more of like sort of your straight-up Eastern philosophy, Hinduism kind of guy integrating into the modern world. Uh, and Alan Watts is amazing. Um, Terrence McKenna, obviously more of your psychedelic guy with a lot of occult stuff too. Manly P. Hall, man, he's just... You know, he's a theosophist, so I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, like, the Theosophical Society founded by Madame Helena Blavatsky. Um, she's a very interesting character I'm not going to get into right now. Maybe we'll do an episode on her later. But uh, Madame Blavatsky was a mystic in the 1800s, a rich Russian lady who traveled the world and compiled a book about basically what her view of the history of the world is when she put together all of the historical manuscripts and stuff from all the different religions and ancient people of the world. Very fascinating story. Um, but she founded the Theosophical Society, and Manly P. Hall was sort of a, um, an offshoot of that. But I, I think just like anybody who learns from someone, you know, he came, he came I, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years after she died or whatever. I'm, I don't think they ever met. I think he, he was born way after she died. But anyway, you know, he built on her work, uh, Manly P. Hall, and he... Uh, I love the way he delivers information. Um, he died in like 1989 or something like that. But uh, he, he wrote this book when he was 27, I think, called um, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. And then he said that that was his greatest work. And after that, basically every book was like just expounding on the, the different topics within that book. And it is like to me, like, it's like the greatest occult book uh, ever written because you can just learn so much in there. Um, Whereas Blavatsky's uh, The Secret Doctrine was way harder for me to get through. In fact, I don't think I've ever gotten all the way through it, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so go check out Manly P. Hall. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, a lecture I just found from him uh, two days ago, which was like Tuesday, September 1st, which was the day of the Pisces full moon. I'm a Pisces moon sign, so it was extremely um, important to me. My full moon ritual was a life-changing uh, thing, and we'll get into that uh, in a little bit too. Um, so we're going to get into that today. Uh, what else are we getting into? Oh yeah, well that is what we're getting into. So like I had, um, I had a 5D awakening on nine grams of uh, psilocybin, uh, three different strains that I mixed together and took nine, about nine and a quarter grams um, on the full moon, on a Pisces full moon, September 1st. And it blew my brain open, and so now I'm walking around in 5D. I'm the higher me. Check it out. I can see your higher self. I probably communicated with your higher self. Uh, we're going to talk about that today, too. It's very interesting because I used to think the 5D thing was total bullshit, and I've already had to reach out and apologize to several people. <laughs> Feel good if you're listening to this, buddy. I'm sorry, man. Forgive me, Phil. I'm so sorry, man. If you guys know Phil good, you know he's a crazy person. He's a 5D guy. And I used to make fun of him, you know, not like mean spirited, but I'm just like, golly, bro, like you're sweet. Like he seems like such a sweet guy, but he's, he's out there, but man, you know, he's tapped into some shit and now I get it. Now I get it. I didn't, uh, I didn't get it before, but now I get it. 
So along with with that, uh, we're going to get into, um, you know, along with my 5D awakening, these new realizations, uh, we're going to get into some new revelations uh, that came with that for me of why things are so crazy in the world right now. Why, why are things happening the way they're happening? What's going on? Who's pulling the strings and why? Uh, because, you know, to me, I was just like, man, this is just such a shit storm, you know, and people are like, oh, it's all political. It's going to go away after the election and da, 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 da. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel like the answer because it, because it doesn't address all of the questions. I feel like, I feel like there's more going on than that. Um, politics are a theater. This is bigger than that. You know what I mean? And we'll get into what I mean by that. So that's kind of what we're going to hit today. That's the summary of today. I think it's going to be really dope. Um, and But first, uh, let me hit some housekeeping here uh, and just kind of bring everybody up to speed with where I'm at, where the show's at, where the, um, uh, just all the projects we've got going on here at Wayfinder, right? Here's the deal. Uh, so I took a two-month hiatus. I took a, a vacation from Instagram right? And uh, I came back. It's almost two months exactly to the day when I checked. I think it was two months to the day almost. And in that time, uh, you know, I mentioned on the last podcast, if you guys heard it, if you didn't, um, you know, I, my partner and I of four and a half years uh, made the decision to go separate ways, you know, which has been a a, a huge life-changing thing uh, for me and presumably uh, uh, for that person as well. And so uh, I left and I went to Colorado to go climb mountains by myself for three weeks um, and had a lot of revelations, a lot of clarity out there. Um, you know, being up in the mountains in Colorado, we'll do that. Hiking and chilling and sleeping in the cold and just enjoying God's beauty all on your own, you know, without the energy of anyone else. You know, we always did a lot of camping, but it was like me and her and the kids and, you know, dogs and all this stuff. So it was just me. And uh, I came back with a lot of clarity. And here's the thing, guys. Here's what I figured out. A few things. And, and some of this, you know, we're going to get back into in more depth throughout the course of this conversation. But first and foremost, I, I got to come clean with you guys. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here, right? When I first started all this three years ago, right, it was like, you know, my, my, my partner at the time was like, hey, you got things to talk about. People would want to listen. And I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? Why would someone want to listen to me talk about, you know, uh, you know, how all religions all stem from the same, you know, the same structure of truth and how uh, all of these different ancient civilizations were tied together and how, you know, we might have descended from giants or something in some weird way or, you know, how shamanism and all this stuff is is really a real way to tap into these different etheric realms and you know how these monoliths were built by these ancient people of the past and how it all ties into spiritual belief systems that we've lost touch with and how we could change the world if we regained a connection with these understandings of metaphysics and this blah 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 right who wants to hear about this stuff so i started talking into a microphone um by myself into a camera and it was weird and so this thing has evolved into something else over time. Um, but I've never known how to really present myself. I've never known how to express myself in uh, a fully, like a holistically authentic way. And what I realized 
up there in the mountains, up amidst the crown jewels of the world, exploring abandoned mine shafts, up in the Rockies outside Silverton, Colorado, and all over the state, bathing in the icy cold streams of the Animus River. I did not really bathe in the Animus River. I put my feet in that bitch, and it was cold, though. Right? I got friends that do the ice bath thing. That's not me. Anyway, what I realized about myself is that I have always seen myself through the lens of other people's eyes. Okay, I've always, when I sit there moment to moment, I almost wasn't, I wasn't even looking through my own eyeballs. I was like looking at myself and judging myself through the eyes of other people, particularly very much so when I was in front of a camera right? Um, when I was in front of a camera, when I was in front of a microphone, uh, I was very self-conscious and it was very difficult for an authentic version of me to come through. And I realized that up in the mountains in all of that alone time. And, um, you know, I realized that if, if, if I'm going to do this, like, I'm, you know, I'm a likable guy. I am. I really am. I believe that. I like me. And, um, and, and I, I know some good people that like me. And, and that's, a, that's a thing that, I, that I'm proud of. And it's okay to be proud of that because I work at it. Because you know what? I'm not that fucking likable naturally. <laughs> I'm not, man. I'm not. I, um, you know, I'm naturally a loving person. You know, I naturally care about people, but I don't always come across that way. I've got you know, I've got kind of an ego. I can be kind of arrogant or cocky. Um, I can be kind of a loud mouth. You know, my childhood friends particularly will vouch for that. But I've got some of these childhood friends who are very good men uh, who now surround me, who, who work with other men and uh, who have adopted children. Most of my friends have adopted kids. That's the kind of guys I surround myself with. Just amazing, amazing, powerful men. And they like me. And I'm happy with that. I'm proud of that, you know. Um, my buddy Josh the other day was telling me that he was proud of my growth as a man. And that meant a lot to me because he's known me since we were 10 years old. I'll be 36 in a week, a week from six weeks from today, September 9th. And, um, you know, I was self-conscious about how I presented to people. And I saw myself through other people's eyes. And I realized that I wasn't coming across as my true, full, authentic self. And you know what? If, if you're a likable person... It, it, it's worth putting the effort into being authentic. It's worth putting the effort into being your full self because that's what people want to see. You're going to make a bigger impact, right? And so when I came back, I was like, you know what? Here's number one is I'm not going to give a shit anymore about what people think of me other than my, my friends and my family because I'm surrounded, like I said, I'm surrounded with with friends, well, particularly my friends, right? Not even my family as much, because my family, wonderful people, right? But I'm still fucking weird to them. <laughs> I mean, not my mom, because she accepts me as the way I am, because she's, you know, she's an oracle herself, so she gets it, you know? But like the rest of my family, God bless them. They love me, and they're like the best people. I have the best family in the world. Um, but I'm still a weirdo, you know, so I don't work on I can't worry about them either, you know. But, you know, the close circle of friends I've got, my soul tribe, um, they're all doing good things in life. They're killing it. They're crushing it. They're doing well. And as long as they like me, I don't give a shit what anybody else says, you know. 
because I'm surrounded by the kinds of mirrors that reflect a true and righteous image, right? So it's the kind of people that will call me out if I'm stepping out of line. And for the most part, it's been a long time since that's had to happen. My buddy David, Lone Star Grappler, he changed my life when I was like 18, telling me I was full of shit, telling me I was a loudmouth, telling me that people saw me as a, you know, as an asshole, you know, put me in my place, changed my life forever. Sometimes the most impactful thing you can do in a person's life is tell them what they've done in yours. You know, it's probably a better way to articulate that. But sometimes the most impactful thing you can do in someone's life is tell them the impact that they've had in yours, right? Something like that. Just think about that. For better or worse, right? Tell someone they've changed your life for the better. Tell someone that they, they shit on you and why and how. It might change their life. So, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about what people think anymore, you know? And I'm in this new place in life, guys. You know, listen, I, um, I didn't do anything with myself all through my 20s. You know, I ran a company. I tried to make as much money as I could. I was very, um, I was just trying to, you know, build a company and, and, and do that kind of shit. And uh, I didn't take care of my body or my spirit or my mind. I just like popped Adderall and worked 12 days a week or 12 hours a day, seven days a week for like 10, 12 years. Um, but now for the last year and a half, I've been getting in shape. I've been loving myself, been eating right, been drinking right. Not all of that for the last year and a half, but I did start working out a year and a half ago. Last year I fucked off a lot because I had a lot of weird stress in my life, mainly from my relationship. Nobody's fault. Just it was what it was. But this year, dude, I'm fucking killing it. I'm killing it. I'm working out. I'm, I'm doing lots of cardio. I'm doing leg day three days a week. I'm, I'm, I'm eating clean as shit. I'm drinking lots of water. And, um, you know, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of that. I always struggled with self-image issues because I wasn't doing anything with myself. I didn't feel sexy. I didn't feel attractive. I didn't feel manly enough. All that stuff. And I'm, I'm really getting to the point where I'm proud of the work that I'm doing. So the other day I posted a, uh, a picture of myself before, right, where I was like beer belly, uh, like man titties. It was like skinny fat, you know. It wasn't like big and fat, but I just was like so flabby and like not in shape. I was like 27 or something like that. And I don't have a lot of pictures of me with my shirt off my whole adult life because of that, right? Just I was ashamed to have my shirt off. And the other day I got up and I, I, I was walking to the bathroom first day in the morning and I passed a mirror and I was like, God damn, I've got obliques and I've got pecs and I've got abs. And I was just so proud of myself, man. You know, I work out six days a week. I'm, 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 I'm killing it. I'm eating hard. And I'm such a junk food, like a fat ass for junk food and, and for sweet food, that getting out of those routines of eating all that nasty shit has really had a huge impact on, on my, um, you know, like how proud I am of myself for the willpower that that takes, right? I go to the grocery store because I'm single now, so I do my own grocery shopping, right? That was one thing that was done for me for pretty much all of my adult life. Because, yeah, I was married for 10 years, and then I was with this other person for four and a half. So at 35, I can, I can like, I'm, I've never really been single. Think about that. 35, never been single before. But I'm in the best mental, physical, and spiritual, emotional shape of my life. So I saw myself in the mirror, and I was like, that's dope. So I took a picture, and then I posted it with a side-by-side -side of my before. And by and large, the, the, the response was like super positive. People were like, man, that's really motivational. That's dope. Thank you for doing that. You know, good on you. Keep going. I had two people that got butthurt about that, that were like, we're following you for uplifting, enlightening posts, not to see a picture of you, 
you know, grabbing your dick, which I wasn't grabbing my dick. I was, I was reaching my hand down to flex my obliques, right? So <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. You see some dude with his shirt off flexing, uh, and, it, and, and it's, it comes across as douchey. I get it. I get it. I always felt the same way. But guess what? I don't fucking care anymore. I'm proud of myself. I love myself. And if I see someone doing that, likewise, I'm going to be proud of them too. And so I've, I've got some friends that I've encountered in this, in this fitness path over the last year and a half. A lot of guys from jiu-jitsu. A uh, couple of guys that are guys and girls that are in jiu-jitsu and that are uh, some of them that are doing modeling and some of them that are bodybuilders and um, uh, personal trainers and all kinds of stuff. And I love watching their workout videos and I love watching them, you know, doing their modeling shoots and uh, guys, girls, whatever. I just love to see people working on their physical health because I now know what, it go- what goes into that. And I never did before. I didn't know. I was like, oh, they're just being a douchebag wanting to show off. Man. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Try to work on yourself. You know what? You'll never get hated on by somebody doing more than you. Right? You'll never be hated on by somebody doing more than you. It's always somebody doing less. Right? And sure enough, the two people who posted that they were offended by my side-by-side shot, which, by the way, I want to point that out too. I didn't just like, first of all, first of all, I am not by any stretch like big and jacked and ripped and awesome. Right? I'm just not like a flabby, skinny, fat fuck anymore, right? And I was just like, hey, look at me. I posted the before picture. It wasn't like I'm just showing off my shit. It's like, hey, look at where I came from. Look at this. Look at me. It's, it was sad. It was a sad picture, and this is a happy picture. And these people were butthurt, but I clicked on both of their, their profiles on Instagram. I looked at them, and, and both of them are, you know, they're not doing anything with themselves physically, right? So... You know, I'm always trying to learn more and more about how to not judge other people. And, um, you know, and that, and that was kind of where that was coming from, you know. So you guys, if you're following me on Instagram or you're listening to this show, like you're going to hear me talk about fitness more than ever because guess what? I'm doing it more than ever. And, it, and it's changing my life. I'm getting better. I'm getting more fit and I'm getting healthier and happier. And we're going to talk about it because um, breathing matters right? Core strength matters. Flexibility matters. Muscle activation, it matters. This shit all ties back into your brain and the action of doing all these exercises strengthens the mind. And this brings me to the crescendo of my whole point around the fitness thing is that I went through a breakup with someone I cared about very, very, very much. And I, and I have not fallen apart. And I am telling you guys, it is singularly because of the way that I'm pushing myself in the gym, period. Because what I have learned is that you can use the body to control the emotions. You use your mind, because your mind is like your steering wheel, right? Inside this meat suit, inside the space suit that we're wearing, the, the body. The mind is the steering wheel, the body is the, is the car, you know? And then the emotions are like the air conditioner, I guess, you know? And the air conditioner is going to run as long as the car is running, you know. Use your body to control the emotions. I just went and, um, you know, we have this restaurant that we eat at all the time downstairs from the studio. And um, one, uh, one of the, my buddies in there, we know everybody, obviously. He just, he just broke up, apparently, with his girlfriend. His girlfriend broke up with him like two days ago. And I was talking to him about this. And it was such a, a beautiful, synchronistic opportunity for me to share this with him. Because he's like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, we just broke up. And I'm about to hop on Tinder. And... 
I don't know if I really want to just start dating again, but I'm worried about like what's she doing. If she's probably on Tinder fucking people, then I, I don't want to not be doing. I get it. I get it. Okay. I know it's like you want to run and you want to do that after a breakup, but man, I told this kid because he's young. It's like, dude, go work on yourself. And it's not just about getting buff. It's not about losing weight. It's not about looking more tone. It's, it's about the journey is the goal. And every day, every workout, every set, every rep, you push yourself. You focus on that rep. You push yourself. You know, I, I like to get to the point where I'm about to just quit. Maybe it's the eighth rep. Maybe it's 12 or whatever. And I like to just, that's when I really start counting. That's when I really count it, right? Because I'll get to eight or I'll get to 10 or whatever it is. And that doesn't really matter because I don't even really like keep track of my weight that I do every week to week. It's just, I start counting whenever it gets tough, whenever my brain and my body want to give up. And then whenever you push past that and you get one more, two more, three more, five more, seven more reps out of it and you collapse back onto the leg press rack or, you know, the, the bench or whatever. And you're just like, fuck, I did that. I surpassed my own perceived limitations. I used my mind to engage my body and to dig deep and to overcome obstacles I thought I couldn't overcome. And that's fucking dope. That's powerful. And then you go back to work and something stressful happens and you'll find that everything's quieter. The stress doesn't hit you the same whenever you've used your body to toughen your mind. And when you toughen your mind, toughen your body, you toughen your emotions. And you gain control of your emotions. And I realized pretty quickly that when I would skip the gym for a day, which I wasn't doing out of laziness. I'm going to give myself full fucking credit here. I wasn't doing it out of laziness. It would be like really getting busy with my kiddos or, you know, or, um, or trying to let my body rest. Right. And I was just, I was kicking my own ass every day. So I was like, I'm going to take a day off. I could get away with it for one day, but the second day, dude, I would start to get depressed. I'd start to get like jealous feelings about what's my ex doing. You know, who's she hooking up with? What's da 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 da? I mean, I don't even know what she's doing. Right. Um, God bless her. I hope she's doing great. But like it was, it was all in my brain, my emotions, my thoughts. I started losing control of, 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 of my thoughts and my emotions. Right? We had, now, we talked about this in the last episode, so I'm not going to go all back into that. But I just wanted to say that fitness is going to be a part of this. Um, you are going to see pictures of me probably with my shirt off. You might see pictures of me in the gym. I'm not going to bombard you with it for a number of reasons, not the least of which is the fact that I am not a fucking expert on working out. That's the biggest, <laughs> that's the biggest reason. I don't know what I'm doing really. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm like a self-taught, uh, yogi, um, you know, calisthenics freestyle fitness guy. That's it, man. But, you know, the original yogis were self-taught. They listened to their higher self that, that spoke to them through their body. And they responded to that. And um, it has worked. If you do see before and after pictures of me, I can tell you I haven't used a trainer. Um, you know, I haven't really taken much advice from anybody just except for my body. And uh, that fucking crazy person, what's his name? I don't know. We talked about him on the last episode. I think... Uh, C.T. Freeman or something like that? C.T. Fletcher? C.T. Fletcher, is that his name? I just listened to him scream at me, listen to your body, motherfucker. <laughs> He's crazy. Um, but anyway, I just want to let you guys know, man, I'm not trying to be douchey here, but I love myself, and I didn't always. And if that bothers you, then please go fuck yourself and unfollow me and unfollow the podcast. You know, I, um, I, uh, I want to lift people up, and I want to be surrounded by people who lift me up. 
and I got no room for any of that other shit in my life. And so if you've got people in your life that are hating on you, that are holding you back in some way, fuck them off too, right? We're, we're not playing those games around here because as we're going to get into in this episode, um, we started talking about my 5D awakening two days ago, uh, and not to mention just uh, alongside all the lessons I've learned over the last few years and all the observations I've made, and I know a lot of you guys have too, is that you got to surround yourself with the right people, you know? And so for the last few years of, of, of running this um, podcast, particularly the Instagram, really, because it's much more um, the, um, you know, the, uh, the interaction is much more two-way real-time uh, than me talking into a microphone and then uploading it or whatever. Uh, the haters, man, the haters, they had a big impact on me, right? They would, they would, they would say, oh yeah, you're not right about this claim. That claim is bullshit. Or you got this thing about yoga wrong, or this is a bullshit claim about, you know, breathing and, you know, or this, these two civilizations, whatever bullshit, right? There's always fucking haters and none of them are spending time building a platform with 60, 70, 80, 90,000 followers and, uh, and buying studio equipment and building a studio and, and spending time not getting, I've, I've never made a fucking penny on any of this, bro. But I've spent tens of thousands of dollars, well, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if you include the studio build out and the new corporate office and all that, um, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars and continue to spend thousands traveling and uh, flying people in and stuff like that. Um, I've never made any money on this, but, th- but still the haters are going to hate. And I held on to a lot of that, right? I, I, I viewed myself through the eyes of others, and we're not, we're not doing that anymore. So the other day I talked to somebody, and they were, um, well, let's just say that I, I, I made the realization that I wasn't coming across as authentic as I'd like to, um, particularly with, with just having fun, you know? Um, I just want to have fun with you guys. And, 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 and to do that, I think this is an important, um, this is an important uh, place for me to plant this flag and just be very clear, guys. I am not an expert on anything. And I mean anything in life, right? I run a technology company. Um, I do business consulting, like operations consulting. Um, but I'm not an expert at technology. I'm not an IT guy. I got a bunch of IT guys that work for me, right? I'm not an engineer. I've got engineers that work for me. I didn't go to college, but most of the people that work for me did. That's real talk, okay? What I am good at is I'm a generalist. I'm a generalist, and I'm a professional generalist, and I'm fucking good at that, man. I'm good. I'm good at taking information, like, like specialized information from experts, and then aggregating all of that and coming up with solutions that work in the real world. And I do that in the world of computer science and technology and networking and uh, business operations and all that. So I know I'm good at that. I know I'm good at it because my company's been in business since 2005 and that's what I do. It's what I do. It's all I do here, right? I manage the people. I manage the communication. I manage the projects. I manage the recruiting. I manage the training and development. I manage all the documentation, compilation and creation and composition. And I do all of the business meetings and the consulting and but I always got experts around me and I'm taking information from them. So if you're listening to this podcast, just know that I'm not an expert, but when I'm aggregating information and I'm telling you like, well, hey, look, I listened to this and this and this and I read this and this and this and I watched this guy talk about this with this person, the conclusions that I come up with aren't just getting pulled out of thin fucking air. 
this is what I do for a living is I take expert information and I, and I, 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 I aggregate it and I compose r solutions that work in the real world. And I think that's what I bring to the table here. Honestly, I do. I really do. That's what I bring to the table is that there's a lot of, a lot of gurus out there. There's a lot of uh, prophets and a lot of seers and a lot of light workers and a lot of this, and they're all doing great work. And as we'll get into more, like I said, you know, I, I give a lot of those guys more credit than I used to after the other night. But, um, you know, just not just that, but like conspiracy theorists and all this stuff. Look, I don't know what a lot of these people are doing in the real world, but what I literally have done for a living and built a company and an organization and a reputation and you know, a whole professional persona around is exactly what I'm doing on this podcast and what I do on the, on the Instagram, which is taking specialized information from experts and knowing how to, how, to, how to identify the moving parts that matter, knowing how to uh, distill down the information uh, that's relevant from, you know, from the bullshit, and then, and then build, a, build a, a working model out of it, right? I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. And that's what I'm going to do here. But I'm not an expert. I'm not anybody's guru. I, uh, I, I'm a mystic in the sense that I, I navigate the spiritual world uh, and the material world, and I, I try to keep one foot in both. And I think that my life is sort of living proof that I do that well, right? I run a company. I've got my shit together. I've got a, a you know, a, a nice home. I've got, uh, I've got all the material stuff I need. My kids are well taken care of. I've got a great relationship with my kids. My relationships are all in great order, uh, including the one that I'm, I'm no longer in romantically. That relationship's in great order. Uh, my friendships are phenomenal. And I, and I want to bring, it's taken me a long time to really um, give myself the credit for these things. And I share all that because I want you guys to know that that's what I want to bring to you, right? I can't, I can't tell you everything about the science of what I'm talking about all the time. And, and getting caught up in that was a problem on this podcast and a problem on the Instagram for a long time, up until now, right? It made me really self-conscious because I was like always stumbling for words and like thinking, oh, there's people here that are judging me and, and they're going to want all this, you know, all this scientific backing and all this sourcing and all this stuff. Like, man, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing that game, right? I'm not playing that game. Um, I'm not a relationship therapist. I don't know everything about that, right? Uh, but I'm going to bring you the good shit here and I'm going to try to help people as directly I, as I can, you know, and that's, that's bringing people occult wisdom. That's something that I'm really fascinated with. I'm not a master occultist, right? I'm not a Rosicrucian or a practicing Freemason or any of that, but there are some things about occult wisdom that I understand as they pertain to, um, to people's lives that you can, you can work on some stuff and you can change some stuff. I can, what, what I've realized is that I, I, I want, I want to be able to help people understand how to affect change in their lives, like directly. Okay. So like, if I'm going to teach you something or talk about something, I want it to be practical and applicable. Uh, I see a lot of memes floating around or like posts on Instagram and stuff that are all like beautiful and pretty. And I like to repost them. And I used to really re repost them like crazy. It'll just be like a picture of a bunch of Fibonacci spirals and a bunch of plants and animals and stuff. And it's just beautiful. Right. And I'll just like repost it because it's beautiful and it shows like the beauty of nature and all that. But like, how does that really help anybody in their life? And I began to realize that my timeline on Instagram was basically full of that. Just pretty shit that really didn't help anybody. And I was like the biggest purveyor of it because I would just like, ooh, look at that. Pretty picture. Ooh, flowers. Pyramids. Ooh, look at that. 
you know. But there's a lot of occult wisdom, and there's a lot of, of, of esoteric understanding and Gnostic stuff and Hermetic stuff that can really be applied to your life that can make a big difference. Principles like as above, so below, right? Or parables and, and stories and, and uh, fairy tales or like things like the light wolf and the dark wolf or the yin and the yang of Tao or the fact that all those things are connected, right? That's stuff that I think a lot of people can understand and really benefit from. So I'm going to share that kind of stuff. But we can also talk about entrepreneurship, right? I've owned, owned and run several companies and still do. And like I said, I do well, right? It's what we do here. It's what this studio is inside my corporate headquarters. We run my companies out of. JC runs, <laughs> he runs my technology company on top of being my best friend and my, uh, uh, or one of my very best friends and, and my, um, my podcast partner, right? Um, but we can talk about that. We can talk about entrepreneurship because that's another thing that, look, if, if you, if, here's the thing about money, man, is that if you're a, if you're a, a debt slave and you're, and you're a financial slave and you're working some nine to five and you hate your job and you hate your life and it sucks your soul and you hate your boss and you go home with no chi left at the end of the day, it's very hard to break out of that cycle and to, uh, hold on, I got to. Make sure my computer is still recording here because I'm doing this alone. That's one of the weird things about doing this alone. Okay, cool. So if my computer goes to sleep, it's still recording. It's very hard to break out of this um, cycle of uh, what I call the responsibility train once you get on it, you know. And it's very hard to, uh, you know, to, um, uh, to affect positive change, meaningful change. Uh, and, and sometimes it's, it's hard to, to manage your relationships whenever you're in that situation, right? And a lot of people are in this situation where they, they just, they, 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 they're doing the wrong thing or they hate their lives or they don't, they don't know what they wanna do. And so that's another thing that, we're, we're, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty well safe to say I'm, I'm qualified to talk about that and, and I wanna talk about that. We haven't done that a lot because I didn't think it was my place. I didn't think you guys wanted to hear it, but we're, we're, I've gotta bring my full skill set to the table is what I'm saying. And so I hope that you guys are all interested and I hope that, you know, maybe you'll think of some people with the new direction that, that we're kind of going with the show, which is still pretty parallel to the old direction, but we're just kind of, we're removing a little bit of things. I think we're most, mostly adding to it. I'm, I'm adding a lot more authenticity and a lot more body and a lot more, um, more substance, uh, practical, relevant, applicable substance to the show and showing up more as myself. And I think it's going to be a hell of a lot more fun, to be honest with you. Um, what else? And I'm also, by the way, proud af of myself because i'm taking notes now bitches and i'm like actually reading off of notes um oh yeah and we'll talk about relationships too because i mean we've always talked about relationships right um but that's another one of those areas where we can directly um help with things okay what else um ba -bum -bum -bum. um oh yeah um yeah just also uh, i'm not gonna apologize for cussing or being a little bit crude sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm still gonna be a positive person, um, but like, you know, we gotta be able to make jokes. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of the cancel culture, right? Uh, I'm not racist, I'm not sexist, I'm not anythingist, I'm a, I'm a humanist. I love all people, right? Um, everybody, every race, every gender, I just happen to love black women more. That's a fact. Um, but I love everybody, really and truly. Um, 
so th th that's just how it's going to be. I hope you guys all are on board with that. But I'm, I'm definitely, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not playing the spiritual guru role anymore. I, I've, I've tried it. I tried it for a long time and I tied myself in knots over it and I was never any good at it because that's not what I am. That's not me, right? I got swallowed up trying to embody that archetype. And not only did I fail at that, you know, but it ate me alive trying to be that. You're getting me. You're getting Adam, right? I'm, I am what I am. It's just me. I'm a dad. Um, I'm a business owner, an operator. Um, I'm an adventurer. I'm a writer. I'm a thinker. I'm a mystic. Um, that's what I am. And that's what I'm bringing to the table. I'm a lover. Ooh. No, I love it. I love people. I love people. And, uh, and I like to have a good time, man. And that's, we're bringing that shit back. Right, I got I got a lot of extra chi floating around these days, man. I'm hitting the hitting the cardio, hitting the gym, getting motherfucking leg day on. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a good time. Um, but speaking of uh, relationships, so yeah, that, that's it. That yeah, that's it. That's that's what I'm doing. That's that's the that's the housekeeping for the day. Is we're moving forward with the most authentic and funnest and most um, substantial content dense. Uh, version of this show and it's going to be more um uh more structured too like i said I'm, I'm i'm actually staring at notes which i virtually never have done in the past um but that's what we're doing from now on it's going to be dope y'all gonna love it so moving on a little bit uh if you are an artist or a musician and you want to send me some uh some art or some music to jam do that please do i love it you guys know it we, we support musicians and artists on this show some of my best friends are musicians and artists I'm a musician. I'm working on being an other kind of artist. Um, I'm just, I've taken up painting recently, which I haven't gotten a whole lot, <laughs> a whole lot of chance to do yet because uh, I got other things going on, decorating my house and painting my house, um, which is dope. When you're single, you get to just uh, you get to just infuse your vibe into the whole place. So I'm fucking stoked about that. My house is already looking dope. It's book. Not that it wasn't dope before, but now it's 100% me. You know, I mean, you're married for you're married for 10 years. You know, or at least in my case, my ex-wife like did all of the, the decorating. So when we broke up, she took everything, which was great because I, I got to kind of get my, some of my own stuff, but I, I didn't even know what to do. But like now I've got a lot better sense of, um, of my, my chi and my, my feng shui and everything. So, uh, I'll probably post some pictures of that too, just cause I'm very excited to have my own space and, um, and to, to be able to put my own love and my own, my own, um, my own you know, sort of vibes into it. So. Uh, that'll be a thing too. And I'm always open to feedback because I'm not an interior decorator, so I can always use that help too. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm going. Uh, artists and musicians, send me your stuff. Um, send me your stuff. Uh, I did get a, uh, I got a message from uh, Shiva Das. Uh, Shiva Das is a musician, uh, an artist. Uh, I don't know him, but he, I guess, is a friend of Sam Garrett's or has performed with Sam Garrett. And you guys know that um, Sam's uh, become a buddy of mine and we did a show together a while back. And he's just one of my favorite people in the world. He's just a just an incredible human being. I love him. Uh, so Shiva Das and Ananda Devi, uh, they, they've got some music. And it's, it's uh, very Sam Garrett uh, sort of in the extreme mantra side. Um, you know, these are chants and mantras and prayers and stuff like that, but it's, it's very Hinduistic, very Eastern, very Indian, um, in, in its style. And, uh, I'm going to try to throw one of their songs on the end of this podcast before I, uh, upload it. 
I might forget to do that. <laughs> I might honestly forget, or I might not be able to get the songs, um, but I'm gonna try. So it's Shiva Das, S-H-I-V-A-D-A-S, and Ananda Devi, A-N-A-N-D-A-D-E-V-I. So you can look them up um, in case I forget it, but I'm gonna try to throw it on. But it, it's very Hinduistic, very um, prayer mantra-esque. And uh, the kind of thing that I can, you know, if I ever take mushrooms again, um, probably the kind of thing I will, I will throw on, you know, beautiful, spiritual, but like way prettier than that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, don't tell them that I just, I did that because, sorry guys, I just ruined it for you. No one's going to listen to your shit now. (laughs) It doesn't sound like that, dude. I just, that was not at all how it sounds. Um, okay, what else? Um, I did want to just, I, I got to do this. Uh, I got to, I got to bring this up. Uh, we lost Chadwick Boseman last week. Um, and Chadwick Boseman was not only Black Panther, he was the actor that played Black Panther, but he won my heart when he played Thoth in, um, Gods of Egypt. So, you know, so a lot of you guys know I, I've got all these different gods tattooed all over me, and I've got Thoth is like in the place of honor on the outside of my left shoulder, all the way down my upper arm. And uh, Thoth, of course, is the Egyptian god of, of wisdom and writing and magic and sorcery and science and, you know, virtually everything. It's where we get the word thought, and uh, um, it's sort of one of these archetypal um, mind channels that we can get into. and influenced all of these things. Anyway, Chadwick Boseman played Thoth in the uh, the movie with uh, Nikolai Koster-Waldau or whatever, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones, uh, with him and Gerard Butler. And Chadwick Boseman played uh, Thoth in that movie. And uh, I loved it. I loved him. He, he did such a good job. And he was so much fun. And then he played Black Panther. And... Um, you know, to me, watching Black Panther was such a moving thing because, uh, you know, I don't like to get involved in the whole, like, race debate right now or the race conversation. I don't even like talking about it. But, like, to me, this is my truth, is that, like, to see a black superhero who was so noble and so beautiful and so powerful and so just and so virtuous um, and humble and, and all of this, it was it was it was such a beautiful thing, and I know for a fact, um, just from within, you know, my own family and um, and friends of my family, you know, the the impact that that had on uh, young you know, little black boys and and young black men everywhere, and uh, and Chadwick Boseman was the king, man. He was the king, and he played this beautiful um, superhero. And look, you know, I know as as like white folk, we it's easy to to think they're like. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. Like, I get that. Like, you're not racist. Okay, cool. But you also weren't raised being the constant target of racism either. And it does soak into your psychology, generationally and just experientially firsthand, right? And I'm not going to go any further down that. We can, you know, we can fight about that later if you want to. I'm just not interested. The point is, it was a beautiful thing that he did. And no one could have done it better, in my view. And Chadwick, wherever you are, buddy. I know that death ain't the end. And um, Godspeed to you on your journey, brother. Godspeed to you. Thank you for everything that you did. Thank you for bringing your talent to the front, to the world, and inspiring people of all races, of all ages, everywhere, uh, and giving us a, an ideal 
human being to strive for. So God bless Chadwick Bozeman. So um, that is that. Uh, all right, so uh, last thing before we really slide in. Jesus, I'm having such a good time. This is so much more effortless. Uh, I feel like there's, <laughs> I'm having the best time talking to you guys. Hopefully I'm not dragging this on too long. I don't, I don't know how this is going to land, to be honest. <laughs> We're 48 minutes into this. I'm like, uh, let's start the episode now. Um, but, you know, all this needed to be said, and it won't need to be said again. Future summaries will be, uh, will be a lot less uh, verbose. Um, so, yeah, I was going to say, uh, so you guys know, you might know Stephanos Safandos, uh, the, um, the incredible, beautiful, wonderful uh, relationship coach and masculine alchemy coach, um, life coach, business coach, Stephanos Safandos. Uh, we did an episode together last year, and uh, oh, he's just become a good friend and somebody who I look to for relationship advice and advice on self-love and advice on sex and um, you know just how to be a good man in general, how to be a well-rounded man, right? He doesn't ever talk about fatherhood because I don't, you know, Stephanos doesn't have kids. Um, but basically everything but fatherhood about being a man, I turn to Stephanos for. He's, a, he's, a, he's kind of become a big brother to me and a, and a, a role model in that, in that space. Um, but we are, I'm going down to Austin. I'm up in Dallas at this, you know, where, where, where we live and where the studio and all that stuff is. Uh, but Stephanos is down in Austin. Uh, he just moved down there from uh, San Diego. And we're going to do an episode together uh, mid-September. That's the plan. And it's going to be on breaking up. You know, because it's kind of relevant in my life right now. So <laughs> I called him up and I was like, bro, you want to do an episode on breaking up? <laughs> he just died laughing. He's like, oh, okay, fuck it. Yes. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're going to do it in person. Yay. And I can't wait to do it, man. Um, we're communicating on this. I'm going to come up with a bunch of questions and, and talk about my experience of going through this breakup, which has been um, man, what a, what a, what a, um, what an experience this has been, right? Talk about a total upheaval, right? Uh, you know, emotionally and, and, um, just operationally, functionally in my life. And, uh, you know, I've done pretty well, but I want to get Stephanos's input because I'm sure there's a lot of things I could have done better. <laughs> um, my answer to everything is just go to the gym, fucking sweat, 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 just cracking the whip on myself. But I'll tell you what I'm not doing, cocaine and strippers. <laughs> what a 25 or 30-year-old Adam would have done. Lots of cocaine and strippers. We're not, we're not playing that game no more. I mean, I'm not like super enlightened, but I have learned that ain't the way to do it, man. We face that shit. We don't run from it. You know what I'm talking about? So uh, anyway, I'm working my ass off. I'm being productive AF. Uh, getting my house in order, literally and figuratively. And um, I'm going to talk to Stephanos about, like, how do we go through it? And not just breaking up, but, like, I, I'm kind of curious. I've never thought about it because, honestly, I got married at 20 years old because I started having kids, and, like, I just kind of responded to my stimuli, like, my environment. You know, I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm having a kid. Look, time to get married. Better start working my ass off. <laughs> I never stopped to ask myself, what am I doing? You know, there was because you don't want to think about it once you get into that situation. You're like, man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna work, work through it. You know, um, 
And I immediately got out of that marriage and got into another relationship for four and a half years. So I've never really sat back and thought about why we get into relationships. Why do we do it, right? I watched this uh, David Sloss comedy special. He's a fucking hilarious comedian, uh, David Sloss, S-L-O-S-S, I think. And he did like a two-part, a two-episode Netflix special, episode one, episode two. They're both about an hour long, I think. And uh, in, in the second episode, you need to watch them both, right? Watch the first one. It's, it's hilarious. He's a fucking genius. But the second episode, he's talking about um, relationships and how his dad had this messed up view or what he, he came to learn later was a flawed view on relationships. And he said, son, you know, relationships are like this. You're a puzzle and you've got a missing piece and you go find someone else and they've got a puzzle with a missing piece. And then you just want to find someone that matches up with your missing piece. And, you know, then you have completion. And he realized, even at a young age, I think, that, um, that that's not how it works. We are not broken looking for someone else to fill our, our, to fill our holes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know what I mean? Just, if you're into that. Um, damn, I just sniffled right into the microphone, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This, uh, this 5D awakening has got my nose running. It's, it's not the cocaine, I promise, because there is no cocaine. Uh, but I'll try not to sniff right in the microphone again. <laughs> Anyway, um, the point is, yeah, we're, we're not just puzzles with a missing piece looking for someone else with a matching piece to, to complete us, right? You want to have a complete puzzle. You want to find somebody with a complete puzzle. And, uh, and then you get together and, and you share your puzzles together, you know? And uh, I, don't, I don't know how to take it any further than that. But it was a beautiful example that David Sloss used in this comedy special. And... <sighs> I don't really understand it more than that. I don't understand why we get into relationships. I don't really know the point. And I'll be honest, like, I'm doing this single thing for the first time in my adult life ever. And I'm handling it well. I miss the fuck out of her sometimes. But what I'm finding is that the more, the more I'm spending time on myself, my health, my self-love, um... You know, I already always spend a lot of time with my kids, but I'm, I'm, I'm even getting a little more time with my kids. But I'm putting a lot of time into my, my home and just beautifying my home and my space. And I'm working on my music and my art and the podcast and the Instagram. Actually putting effort into Instagram now instead of just mindlessly scrolling and reposting shit that makes me angry. Stop doing that, by the way. Um, I honestly don't know what a relationship is for other than some physical intimacy. It's kind of like the only thing I'm really missing, to be honest with you, at this point, really. Um, you know, I just, I, I just kind of miss the intimacy, you know? And, um, and then maybe, like, you know, when I was in Colorado, I would miss having someone to share, like, the views with. I would, like, go to the top of a mountain. I'm like, man, I wish she was here. Look at this with me, you know? But honestly, I don't even know if I'd feel that way now, because that was, like, right when it was fresh. I don't even know. Like, I might go to the mountains and just be fucking totally cool. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm not trying to be mean because I, goddamn, I never loved somebody that much, you know. But I was also very incomplete. And in the six or so weeks it's been since we broke up, I've, I've found a lot of completion that was missing, you know, from 15 years of adulthood without ever being alone. Uh, so anyway, I, I want to talk to Stephanos and find out why do we get in relationships? What the fuck? What are we doing? What are we doing? I don't know. So that's, that's coming up mid-September. Make sure you don't miss it. Um, and so moving right along, we were going to do an episode with, uh, with David uh, Whitehead from DW Truth Warrior today, talk about the zeitgeist, but we didn't because I had 
a uh, uh, a crazy, crazy uh, spiritual explosion happen Tuesday night. So I am a Pisces moon sign, right? So I'm a Virgo sun, Pisces moon, Sagittarius rising. Okay. Uh, so for any of you ast- astrologers out there, you guys will know what that means. Uh, for anybody who doesn't, uh, go look it up. Figure it out if you care. Um, but anyway... Uh, it was a Pisces full moon, and I had already intended to do a, a full moon ritual, which I don't always do. I'll be perfectly honest. Like, I don't always do it. But when, you know, when you you have the time to do shit and think for yourself and do things for yourself, you know, you tend to do more stuff for yourself. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. There's nobody here to influence me. There's nobody else's energy that's going to, you know, impact me or absorb into me or whatever. So I'm going to go do this full moon ritual. And uh, it wasn't until the day of the full moon that I realized um, it was a Pisces full moon, which is my moon sign. So like, I was like, holy shit, this is going to be powerful. So I reached out to, um, to my personal, um, my good friend and personal astrologer, if you will. I hope she doesn't mind me calling her that. Um, uh, Britt Carmichael, who uh, we've had on the show before about a year and a half ago. And uh, I've known Britt since we were babies, and uh, we lost track of each other for like 20-something years and then reconnected last year. Uh, she and her husband, Chris Carmichael, uh, he's a hypnotherapist and um, just an all-around badass uh, philosopher and mystic himself. And um, anyway, actually, we're going to have Britt and Chris on here soon again. Uh, but uh, I called Britt, and I was like, hey, so Pisces full moon tonight, and she's a Pisces moon sign as well. And she's like, yeah, this is going to be a big one for you. It's going to be a really big one. Make it count. So... I sat down uh, and I wrote out my intentions. Um, And my intentions were to release all stories and attachments of the past that no longer serve me, right? Which is, I think for a lot of people is kind of a generic um, full moon sort of prayer uh, or intention set. But for me, it was like, I man, did I put my intention into this. I didn't just write it. I didn't just say it like I was like, I had stuff in mind. I'm like, no more attachments to the past. No more stories of the past. We're putting this shit behind us. We're moving on. We're moving forward, right? I was still struggling with a lot of um, attachments to the past, right? We've been talking about that so far. Uh, and then, and then I, I, I wrote on there, uh, beyond my intentions, I had a prayer. And it was something to the effect of, I call on uh, all the angels and all of the, um, all of the, uh, the, the whatever to protect me and to see me through this ritual because I wasn't just going to do uh, a normal ritual. I, um, I had prepared nine grams, uh, a little over nine grams, uh, of three different strains of psilocybin mushrooms. And um, I, I, I knew that it was going to... Honestly, it's the most mushrooms I've ever taken. Um, and I've done, taken mushrooms a hundred times, and I've taken big doses. I've taken five, six, seven, I think even eight grams at a point. But I've certainly never taken over nine, and I've certainly never taken three different strains. But it was very intentional, and I was—I I, I had taken a couple strains at lower doses before, and I knew that when you mix different strains, you you get the benefits of all of the different strains. They're all slightly different, right? It's like a good version of drinking lots of different kinds of alcohol. <laughs> You know, you drink like some tequila and some vodka and some whiskey and like you get really like three times as sick as if you just had like the same volume of alcohol with all the same kind. It's like that, but 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 the opposite. It's good. It's it's like it's the benefit. Well, it's 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 good if you have your shit in order. Right. Which is is kind of the other point here is that um, it's 
I've done a lot of work with psilocybin over the last few years. We talked about it a lot on the show. Um, this is only the second trip I've ever had in a hundred trips. That was just start, essentially start to finish. It was just fucking beautiful and glorious, right? Because there are essentially, there are things in my life that I was not facing for the last three or four years. Three big things in particular, not all of which am I going to share with you guys because some of that's extremely personal, but um, I literally had faced all of them in the last few weeks. And the, and the biggest of which I, I, I faced on Tuesday, right? The biggest of which, the biggest lion, the biggest dragon I had slain in my life happened on Tuesday. And um, that particular dragon was one of three that was continually coming up in my mushroom trips. And they, and, and, and they were, even, even when they were really good, they ended up getting sour and it was like, shit, I know. I'm, I'm ignoring this thing. I'm not doing this thing. I'm not, I'm not doing what I need to be doing. I get it. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And then I wouldn't go back. And I'm like, okay, maybe a few months later, it'll, 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 it'll wind down. But the mushrooms never forget, right? So anyway, I, I, I came in um, and man, I went hard, big time. And so, number one, I used to just like lay down and uh, just at the beginning of the trip, the mushrooms hit, I just lay down. But I'm in like really good physical shape now. And uh, so I started dancing, right? We're talking like belly dancing in the candlelight. I had the vibe set in my room. I got this Buddha, I got this beautiful Buddha statue with candles all around it. My bed's, you know, I got this big canopy bed and I have these purple LED lights glowing in my room. And it was just this beautiful thing. I got Trevor Hall playing on the, on the, 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 the speakers, the sound system. And I started to get into my body and I started to have this beautiful mystical experience when I was becoming the music. And eventually the mushrooms hit me hard enough after probably, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes when they really hit in. I started peeking. I had to go lay down. I dealt with some uh, discomfort for 15, 20 minutes probably, um, which dealing with nausea on mushrooms is part of the experience because you can use your sexual energy or your chi to... Uh, combat that nausea and usually you'll be working through issues uh, either from something you've eaten more than likely it's something that you've, you've been thinking or putting in your body in some way right so some sort of toxic thoughts or food or substances or something like that and the more that you have going on the more you have to work through so I, I didn't have much to work through 10-15 minutes it was like sort of like a level 5 out of 10 mild discomfort uh, never anything I was worried about and in fact I kind of enjoyed the wrestling match I was having with it so it was cool um, I'm getting to my point, by the way, guys, I'm not going to drag this out too much. This gets dope. So, um, anyway, I get through that and everything starts to open up and I started to connect with this realization. I started to see and encounter, um, this five dimensional reality. And now I can only do my best to explain what this was like, but you can go Google what is 5D consciousness? Do that and read a few links, okay? And, and, and I, I, did this, um, I did this like yesterday afterward, like just because Britt, my astrologer girl, like she had told me, like she had mentioned 5D to me and a couple of my friends had mentioned it like in the days leading up to this. And so it was really, it was really bizarre to encounter this 5D reality um, when, when I'd been hearing this term so much, right? 
And so anyway, uh, you can just go read about that. Google, what is 5D consciousness? And go read the, the first few links. And, and they describe to a T what I've been experiencing leading up to this um, to this trip and to this full moon ritual. Um, headaches in the front of my brain for no reason. In my sinuses. My sinuses have been running. That's because the pressure from your pineal gland and your frontal lobe is just something about it. It's just, it's just, there's all this, this etheric pressure. And so your nose will start running. Your, the front of my forehead was hurting, just like a sinus infection or something. Just like all this pressure around my eyes, my sinuses. And uh, waking up at 3 a.m. for no reason and not able to go back to sleep. I walk outside and the moon's just blazing at me um, in the week leading up to the full moon. Uh, and I just start getting, getting downloads. And so I would, you know, the last week I've just been writing like crazy. I have a journal next to my bed. I've given up trying to go back to sleep at 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. or whatever. I'm like, fuck it. I just get up at 3, I start writing, and then I crash back out at like 6.30 or 7 in the morning when the sun's coming up, and I'll sleep till 11 or noon because I can do that. Um, so anyway, I slip into this 5D reality, and all, not all, but uh, a half dozen or so of my friends are there like my closest friends. And these are like my closest homies that are like family. And then in a couple of cases, like there are people who have recently come into my life in the last you know year or so, but who I had this crazy connection with that we couldn't explain. And let me tell you guys what this was like. Imagine your whole life, you live in a house, and every once in a while you hear noises in the attic. And sometimes you hear a girl kind of giggling, or you hear some guy laughing or you hear a couple talking, or you hear some music playing, or you hear people dancing, you hear things bumping around every once in a while. So you always have this understanding that there's something going on up there, but for whatever reason, within a few minutes of that noise happening or whatever, you just, you just forget about it and it just kind of goes out of your mind. Then one day, something happens and the attic just opens up and lights coming out of the attic, and you walk up the stairway to heaven, and you go in there, and like all of your homies are in there playing, like shooting pool, and playing ping pong, and playing video games, and they're partying, but they're all wearing like these golden robes, and everybody's glowing, and everybody's beautiful, and as soon as you walk in the door, they all look at you, and they just go, yeah! Everybody starts cheering like you just scored a fucking touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's what it was like stepping into 5D consciousness. All of my homies were there, but it was like the highest version of them, or at least a much higher higher version of them. Not that my homies aren't like a huge high version of themselves already, but these were clearly different dimensional, higher dimensional versions of my closest um, people, my closest circle, right? And it's like they were up, I say they, we, because when I stepped into the attic, I, I was stepping into my higher self, okay? It's like we were all up there playing this video game, and we're watching it on TV screens, and we got controllers or whatever, you know? And we're, we're, we're playing these video games, but the video game is actually happening downstairs in the 3D world, and we're up in the 5D attic playing the game. And that's the experience that I had, and, and, and the other way I might explain it was a, a puppet master is the 5D guy, and the strings are the connection, and then we are the puppet down here in 3D. But we're also the puppet master, and we're also the strings, and everything in between, right? There's like three and four and 5D. You can look into this stuff, and it's crazy 
that this experience that I had is like documented in countless websites. It's like, you know, um, even Edgar Casey's talked about it. Like it's, it's very much a thing that can happen. Uh, it's crazy. And I've been on some big mushroom trips before where people have had this experience and, and, and they had glimpses of it, but they couldn't bring a lot of it back. What's crazy is I brought all of it back. I remember 95% of everything that happened like I was stone cold sober when it happened. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. And here was the message that I came back with, guys. Here's the message I came back with. We are the angels. We are the angels. Our higher selves are the spirit guides that are pulling us in the direction of righteousness throughout the course of our lives. Sometimes we play jokes on each other. We have our soul tribe up there. And our soul tribe is going to be the people that we connect with whenever we're living our life in truth and we're living our life in the right way. When we're living in accordance with our dharma. When we find our place in the spiral and we ride that wave. That's whenever we start to create the gravity that attracts the right, our soul tribe into our lives. And I've been having this happen over the last several years, three or four years connecting with these people, drawing these people into my path, them drawing me into theirs, right? And we've all been feeling this feeling, right? Like something's coming, something's happening, you know? And so it was this beautiful 5D awareness. I realized um, we are all up there living our best life. We're already there. And up there, I was able to experience past, present, and future all at the same time. I was able to look back into my past and see how I connected with all these people in the past. And then able to look into the future up into this 5D attic and essentially see how I was going to get there and what my dharma was, what my highest potential was. And listen, guys, what it comes down to is that we are playing this video game. It's, it's very clear to me it was a video game. And we are all reflections just of each other. Now, that attic happened to be a place where we were still separate enough that I could identify Stephanos was there, Britt was there, Nevaeh was there, Calvin was there, Chris was there, Josh was there, David was there, Caleb was there, a um, handful of my other friends, uh, Jeff was there, um, Robert Grant was there. Uh, we were all still separate people, right? But it was also clear to me that there was probably an attic above this where... Those, that individuation um, began to dissolve further, right? These were like our higher, higher, higher selves. Um, but at a point, it was clear to me that we all dissolve back into oneness, and we are all just these sort of separate angular reflections of ourselves down here. And we were all guiding each other. That's the, that's the dope thing. Like the really fucking cool thing is like it was clear to me that all my homies had been guiding me my whole life. And I had been guiding myself. My higher self was pulling me. You know, I was at the controller up there. And my homies are trying to help me out. And I'm trying to help them out. And I'm guiding them. And you know what happened, man? Among many other things, was I was able to completely let go of my ex. And say, you know what? I was chilling with her up there too. She's a homie up in 5D, right? Our paths will cross again. I don't have to worry about, are we ever going to get back together? I don't know. I don't know if we will. But... I know we're homies in 5D. We're still chilling up in the attic playing games, and that's pretty dope. I like that, you know? And I released so much fear, all of the fear, actually. I mean, I released virtually all fear of anything I could be afraid of in life because I can already see where we're headed. 
And what was clear to me is that, and this is the key, I think the, the, the big message, A, we are the angels, right? These, these are glowing, etheric beings that we are up in this. And I'm using the, 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 the attic um, imagery, but it's, it's not really an attic. This is very, very fucking cosmic space. <laughs> it's a very cosmic space. There's actually some artwork out there I've seen. Um, I'll see if I can find a way to link to it or something to show you guys what... Uh, there's artwork I've seen that, that, that per almost perfectly depicts what this looks like. It's like these big etheric cosmic beings sitting around um, with laser, you know, laser telepathy beams coming out of their skin and their eyes and their hands and their head, and they're all just playing this sort of cosmic 3D board game on this little planisphere in between them, you know, and they're sitting like in this yoga pose out in outer space. You guys know what I'm talking about? Research DMT cosmic entities, I think, is how you could find that. But it was damn near exactly that. I mean, it's almost exactly that. That artist has definitely seen what I saw, um, as have a lot of people. So anyway, uh, we are the angels. And listen, here is the point, man. Here's the point, guys. We are here on this plane, this sphere, this, this domain, this realm of Earth to learn to navigate with love, starting with ourselves, and, and to, to, to release all limiting beliefs about ourselves and our potential, our divine potential. We are here on this earth to learn to navigate in love and to release all limiting beliefs about ourselves, our potential, our divine potential in our future. That's what we're here to do. And whenever you can release those things, you will move into 5D. I'm convinced of it. I'm walking around with it right now. I was talking to my buddy Caleb earlier on the phone, or I was texting him. I was telling him what happened via text, mind you. But I knew I was talking, I can talk to his higher self now because I'm still operating in that space two days later. I don't think it's going to go away, right? Because I know friends who walk around like this and I never understood it, but now I get it. But I would say things to him about what happened and he goes, dude, I'm getting chills. And like Caleb's not like some, he's not a very woo-woo guy, right? Caleb's, he's kind of a, you know, he's a freaking... He's a warrior. He's not a, he's not a, your, your traditional mystic, right? He doesn't get into this stuff usually. But he's like, dude, I'm getting goosebumps. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm talking to your higher self. And I, I could see his higher self in front of me because that was another cool thing was that the, the, the higher selves aren't bound by geography. Although, as I'm still processing this, because it's only been, shit, I've only had yesterday and today to unpack it. But what I do believe is, is, is the case is that geography does have something to do with it. Now, we're not bound by geography in that space, but I didn't see anybody. I think everybody that I saw in my life, that I saw in that, in that cosmic space up there, the 5D space, they're all people that I'm going to be geographically um, close to, relatively geographically close to in this life, right? So there was a lot of people I didn't see who I might have thought I would see. Um, but geography, I, it's, I, I was able to see past, present, and future all at once. And, and I think that that was essentially like the future versions of us. Like maybe right after we die, and I, don't, I couldn't, I'm kind of just hypothesizing here. Maybe after we die, that's the attic we go to, you know. I'm sure we got to pass through a, a test to get there because I passed through a test, right? This is like the lion's gate is, is what I called it. It was clear to me I was passing through a lion's gate. Um... And this is this could be like the duat, right? The path of the afterlife of the Egyptians. You know what I mean? Um, 
Because make no mistake, guys, if you take mushrooms and you got shit to work out, I'll be the first motherfucker to tell you you're gonna you're gonna work it out before you proceed. <laughs> I've paid for some shit, man. I've I've run into some bad mushroom trips, and it was every single time. Every I don't care what anybody says. You don't have a bad trip. I mean, it's provided you're set and set, and you're like your set is good. Like you know, you don't have something funky you wanna. But if you if you take mushrooms in like a good setting and everything, and you have a bad trip, it's because you have shit to work on. I just I don't I don't think that. Well, I'm I don't know. I'm I probably shouldn't tell say that, but every bad trip I've ever had or seen someone have, and I've done a lot of guided ceremonies for people and for myself, it's because I had shit to work on. I handled all my shit finally a week away from <laughs> from turning 36. I handled my shit to the point where uh some of the demons came and uh I turned my head away from them. I was like, "Oh no, not you, not you." And then and then all of a sudden I just felt these golden wings come out of my back and this shining armor made of light, rainbow light body came online and I just turned around with these blazing flames in my eyes and I looked at the demons and I said, "Oh, wait, I forgot who I am." Bring it, motherfucker. Bring that shit on. Bring it on. Turn around and face the demons, man. Don't run from them, but you got to be outfitted. That's my boy Chris Carmichael. He was talking about that. You got to step in there and be a badass. But to be a badass, you've got to have your life in order. And that's really the thing. To get into the 5D consciousness, into the 5D cosmic attic, right, where everybody's playing video games and chilling, you got to be winning at the video game. You're playing downstairs, right? We're the little avatar moving around down here, but we have our willpower, Right, that's like the silver cord connecting us up to the to our higher self. Um, it runs into our, you know, into our, our 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 mind or whatever, and we have the willpower to to make the right decisions, make the wrong decisions or whatever. And we got to make the right decisions. And the biggest thing that was clear to me it was clear to me, I can do anything I can think of or anything that I should do. Right, I have certain skills and gifts and interests. Right, and within that scope of skills um, and gifts and interests. I can take those to the maximum, right? If I'm operating in 5D, I'm seeing things without limitation, right? But I've been operating in 3D my whole life. And then 4D for a little bit, but that's a different story. But essentially been operating in 3D. And dude, I, I walked around, probably fucked my relationship up a lot. <laughs> Walking around with a lot of shame and a lot of um, fear, right? A lot of that's really not my fault, but like, uh, I still did it, and and I, I I had a lot of limiting beliefs about myself, a lot of insecurities about my masculinity, you know, my myself as a man, myself as a father, myself as a partner, um, myself as a son, as a brother, you know, always trying to live up to my brother's standards, my dad's standards, you know, my sister, everybody's standards, right? Um, society, my kids, and those are all limiting beliefs, thinking that you're not good enough. And you can't get to 5D thinking you're not good enough. You can't do it. And that was what was clear to me. A, we are the angels. We're the angels, man. We're the bird tribes. We are those higher etheric beings that incarnated into these fleshy avatars so that we could walk this plane of existence and navigate in love and learn to love other people and embody compassion and understanding and to feed the inner child till it's full with bliss. And that was clear to me in that space. We were laughing. Everybody was laughing. Everybody's having a good time up in 5D. 
We're chilling, man. And I kept laughing. Now, keep in mind, this is hilarious because I'm on nine and a quarter grams of three different strains of mushrooms, and I'm having this crazy 5D experience. Bro, I'm walking around my house like this. I wasn't just laying in bed after two hours. I laid in bed for a couple hours, and I got up walking around. I ran across my house and did a front flip into my love sack. That was about the most cosmic... <laughs> that was the most cosmic shit I ever done, man. Uh, I just bought a new love sack. My kids love it. My cat loves it. The cat's a little bitty. Stings like a love sack. It's made for two people. I ran and did a front flip in this thing. It's made of like shredded memory foam. It's so dope. But it's way more dope whenever you got like a big empty house with a bunch of candles and vibes set and you run and do a front flip into it and you're nine grams deep. <laughs> but during, the, during this... Right. And for anyone who's ever done a big dose of mushrooms, like everyone who's heard, heard me tell this story, which has only been a handful of my friends, they're like, dude, I can't believe you're walking around on nine grams. I can't either, honestly. But I was, and I was front flipping around. Um, I only did that a couple of times, but it was the fucking coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but the point is, I was laughing. I was laughing and I was just giggling and I was like, you motherfuckers been up here playing video games this whole fucking time. Ain't nobody tell me about this shit. Golly! And it was like, it was clear to me in that space that they all knew what was going on. They were all laughing, you know? I was thinking about like doing a bong rip when I was a kid. I was like 18 years old. We like do bong rips and we'd pass out. We would just do the biggest bong rips we could and we'd pass out. And then you wake up and everybody's standing around you laughing their ass off, right? That's what this was like. I was just laughing my, I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? It was like they, everybody's playing 5D dodgeball or something. My friends were calling me in. I could see how my friends had been dropping breadcrumbs, right? And I've had this breadcrumb imagery uh, along with some of my other people we've done some ceremonies with in the past. Um, we've seen this sort of breadcrumb situation where we're like dropping breadcrumbs for ourselves and for each other. And it's like our higher self dropping these breadcrumbs. Well, the other night I got to actually see where those breadcrumbs are, <laughs> breadcrumbs are coming from and spend time with the, the, the higher etheric beings uh, who were dropping them in my life. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Sorry for sniffling again. It was beautiful. Guys, we got to let go of limiting belief systems. We got to let go of, of limiting belief systems. We have this, this amazing divine potential. It's almost, it's almost infinite. And when I say almost, it's just because, like I said, we, we need to keep... Our potential within this sort of sphere of like our interests and our gifts and our skill set. That's our dharma, right? That's the thing we're meant to do, um, the rules that we're supposed to live by, which are not all the same. Every two people's not, you know, no two people are the same. Although your soul tribe is probably going to be very similar to you, right? Which is interesting. So if you're, if you meet somebody and you have some strange, crazy connection to them right off the bat, Y'all are probably kicking it on the love sack up in the 5D cosmic attic playing video games to, together. And they're probably fucking with you. You know, they're laughing at you and they're, they're poking at you. But ultimately what was clear to me is that it's all love, man. It's all love. It's all love. We are one at the very top of the house. On the rooftop, the tip of the pyramid. We are all one. We are all, we, we, we are all woven from the same fabric on the same loom. Right? It's like the spider web the Native Americans would talk about, you know. We're all in this web. We're all connected. And, uh, and we are the angels, man. We are the bird tribes. We are the, 
the uh, the great ones of the past that all of the uh, the mythologies and the religions talk about we are you know we are the uh, the creators that incarnated right so i'm going to move on into what what all of this why all of this um seems really interesting to me right now and um i'm going to tie in this manly p hall thing because uh this is a big thing this is a big thing so uh manly p hall did this lecture and i like i said earlier i, I i've listened to everything i could find from him and i've read everything i think he's written or at least almost everything and um i just i yeah, just such an enriching uh mind to consume and uh, uh, he did this lecture, and it was called, what was it called? Hold on, I can pull this up. I've got it in my history here on YouTube. YouTube. Where's my history at? Okay, here we go. Manly P. Hall, the seven races of, ma okay, Manly P. Hall, the seven races of mankind from Atlantis. I will put a link to this uh, in the um, in the the description, the episode description, so you guys can click on it. I think I can do that everywhere. I'm not sure. Um, okay. All right. So yeah, Manly P. Hall and the Seven Races of Mankind from Atlantis. So I'm gonna really like dumb this down and nutshell it for you. But first of all, I'll tell you this: I listened to it one time. And, and it, it just happened to pop up the day that I um, took these mushrooms and did this ceremony on Tuesday. I found this, this, this lecture that day. And the amazing thing about this guy is that, you know, he lived for 90 years and he wrote all these books and he did all these lectures, hundreds and hundreds of lectures. He was a prolific lecturer, maybe thousands. I think, I think they said maybe even tens of thousands of lectures. Um, but they just keep popping up. Like I've been watching his lectures or listening to him. Some of the audio quality is not very good on a lot of them because some of these recordings were like from the, I think from the, you know, fucking 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, right? Um, I'm not sure how far back you can get the lectures, but uh, they're, they're incredible and they just keep popping up. Like when I think I've heard all of them, like I'll find another one where it's popped up. Um, but this one popped up the day of my full moon ritual and I was like, I saw it. I was like the seven races of mankind from Atlantis. And this is very much your Helena Blavatsky from the secret doctrine. She talked a lot about this. Um, but again, I think that this episode is an hour and 53 or this lecture is an hour and 53 minutes long. And I think that you'll find that to be a billion trillion kafillion times <laughs> easier to get through than Helena Blavatsky's the secret doctrine. I don't recommend it, right? My 14-year-old can read fucking anything because he's like a savant, and he could barely plow through it, right? Um, I I just fucking chop away at it every once in a while. I'll just grab a chapter and read, and then I, I'm, I get halfway through, and I'm like, okay, that's all, all my brain can handle for now. Um, but uh, hour and 53-minute lecture from Manly P. Hall, I think this is like something that if you've listened... <laughs> First of all, if you've listened this far in this episode, then uh, thank you. I guess I've done something right. Um, but I'm having the best time. Uh, but I think that you should definitely go check this out. My point is, I have already started listening to it again. And I'm going to listen to it again. I'm probably going to listen to this thing about five or six times, right? Literally. Um, before I go seek out any other 
any other thing to watch or to listen or to spend my time on, I'm going to listen to this episode about five more times, this lecture. Yeah. It's that, it's that key. It's that profound. And maybe that's just, eh, no. I was going to say maybe it's just because I had that, that 5D experience the other night and it was, this was so relevant to that. But no, that's not it. This is something that, that anybody, if you're interested in the origins of human nature and, the, and, and the, just the nature of reality in, in general that we inhabit, um, this is it. This is it. And I can tell you that the way he breaks it down in this episode, I can confirm that shit to a huge extent just based on, on my experience the other night. And again, my experience the other night was really an expanded version of other experiences I've had and that I've, I've been you know present when other people had these experiences and came out and they're like, man, I was with you. It's like Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. You know, She's like, and you were there, and you were there, and you were there. But what do you see from the Wizard of Oz, right? You have these archetypal people in this mystical place. Right, so it's her friends in the real world in Kansas. Right, it's fucking Uncle Joe and Jimmy Bob and Aunt Susan or whatever the people's names are. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched Wizard of Oz in twenty five years, but uh, the yeah, the 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 flying monkeys always used to freak me out, dude. When I was a little kid, I remember hiding behind my grandma's couch and be like, oh, "What the fuck, flying monkeys?" Um, uh, what was I saying? Um, oh yeah, so the all the people in Dorothy's life. In, within her trip, which is really what it was, a dream, trip, trance, vision, whatever, they were all like these archetypal sort of things. They were all representative of like, you know, he needed a heart, he needed a brain. Uh, what was there, Tin Man, Lion? Who else was there? I can't remember. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. It was an archetypal thing. And then the witch was like this powerful, you know, evil thing. And then the other one was the powerful good thing. And... Um, I, you know, I really, I'm probably going to go back and watch Wizard of Oz tonight. Probably. Just, I just now thought about it. Like, I need to go look at that because I'm pretty sure, like, this is someone describing this 5D ascension experience or this awakening experience. Um, because up above in the higher realms, it's clear to me now that these are like, we, we inhabit these sort of archetypal roles or we embody these archetypal roles up there. And then those archetypal roles, um, they uh they split into uh multiple they they fragment into these fractal uh um uh projections here on earth and so it's i don't know man it's like i don't know i don't want to take that any further but we definitely have like a fragmented fractal projection from up there down to here into these avatars and maybe into multiple avatars not just me right so my higher self i might actually share that with a bunch of other people i'm not sure but i think i think that's how it goes um so anyway, Manly P. Hall breaks that down in these uh, the seven races of mankind. And now I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. You've got to go watch it or li just listen to it. You'll have to keep YouTube open unless you have that ridiculously priced YouTube red or whatever the fuck it's called, um, which I don't because I'm that's stupid. But I uh, just I just keep it on while I'm driving and my phone sits in my console or whatever. Uh, but the, here's the thing. Here's the here's the, the gist of it is that humans. We, we, didn't, we didn't evolve from chimps or, 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 or apes, really, right? Not really. I don't think that's the point. Um, but we have been around for billions of years. We've been around essentially forever. And when the Earth formed, these energy sort of shadows, think of them as shadows of energy, 
um, began to manifest as projections from like the earth and the sun, I think. That's how I, that's how I envision it. So you, you have the earth and the sun that between the two of them, their elements start to spin off and create these sort of shadow forms. And then these shadow forms are like the great um, archetypal sort of energies or whatever. You can call them the archangels, actually, if you wanted to. Um, uh, and then there is a, they, there's like a multiplication thing that happens. Think of a pyramid that's flowing down and like one splits into two and two splits into four and the four splits into eight and, and, there, and, and it just, it tears all the way down, right? And eventually you get these human spirits, but the first humans were, were totally etheric. And then they began to, um, to crystallize or calcify into matter, right? And the first ones were giants, right? Maybe titans, I'm not sure. Uh, and then they got smaller and smaller and smaller, but they got... Do you guys hear that? Is it like a race car downstairs and somebody's being a jackass revving their engine up in the middle of this town center. I love when people show off how cool they are like that. Um, it turns me on. I don't know about you guys. But uh, um, it's like we started out as this, this etheric, these etheric sort of spirit things, and then, we, were, then we, we, we crystallized into harder and harder beings. And then, um, and then we got smaller and smaller and denser and denser and denser. And uh, we, we gained eyesight with our external eyes, our two eyes. And then we began to lose the first eye that we had, started to move back into our brain, and that's our pineal gland, obviously. And um, essentially, what really was interesting to me is that he walks, um, Manly P. Hall walks us through how these races diversified through these different cycles of history. So, you know, this, the first, whatever they call root races or, or, or whatever, they existed, you know, uh, a billion years ago and they lasted this long and the earth shifted and the crust moved or whatever and continents sank and all this and then there was this second um you know uh wave of races that came out of the first and then they diversified and split into these and it's very fractal and it's very mathematical it's very it's a geometric unfolding of the cycles of uh of the history of humanity it was beautiful he explains it way better than me, but it's still hard to follow. So that's why I got to listen to it ten more times. But it all makes sense, and it and it strikes me as true. I mean, it just it feels it feels true, and and after what I've seen, it makes sense. Now, also, I don't want to get too far off into this, but if you follow the work of uh, Robert Grant and other people like him, uh, you can look at music like Walter Russell. You can look at music and or the rainbow. Right, and it's the same story that we're getting about the um, the fractal or fragmentation of uh, the the races of humanity. Right, you have a rainbow, and then it, and you put it into a spectrum. I mean, into a prism, and it breaks into the whole spectrum of individuation of individual light frequencies. Right, and music is the same thing. You can play a you know play an open chord for anyone who plays music, but then you can break that out into the all the individuation, all the different individual notes. Right, you can individuate that uh, that 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 uh, chord into uh, into its notes. Everything is light. Everything is sound. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. Um, the Hindus have you know Brahma said the Om the four twenty three, uh, which by the way four hundred twenty three hertz is an A. That's an A note, right? Which is the first note of the um, of the musical scale. 
right? And then you have seven octaves, which is seven root races, which is, you know, seven colors of the rainbow. Like there's all of these parallels and I'm not smart enough or educated enough or informed enough or frankly interested enough in mastering all this shit so that I can explain it to you because there's better people to do that than me. Um, go ask Robert Grant how it works <laughs> when it comes to fucking light and sound and whatever else, I guess. Uh, just go listen to Manly P. Hall. Talk about it. But here's, here's the thing. Here's where this really, where the rubber really meets the road as far as I'm concerned. So uh, according to Manly P. Hall and the, the belief of the, of the theosophists, um, uh, Helena Blavatsky and, and Manly P. Hall and their whole thing, and I, and I believe this um, be, for a lot of different reasons, things I've seen and otherwise, I'm convinced of it and I'm, I'm speaking this as, as, as if it's true because I, I just believe it with my soul after what I saw the other night. The races, the races that come out of, um, that come from one cycle into the next, they come from the blending of the previous races, right? So you have like, let's say you have like these seven root races, like we're like in the fourth age or whatever, and you have like these seven races, like you have like the Asian people and black people and like Caucasoids and, um, um, you know, whatever all the different races are. I don't know. I'm not that smart. I'm not an anthropologist. But you have these different races. And so essentially, there's going to be some kind of a cataclysm. And out of that cataclysm, there's going to be, um, through the joining of these races, there's going to be new races that form, and they will be the inhabitants of the next um, cycle, the next yuga, or the next monad, I think is what they call it too. Yugas, monads, cycles, whatever. Um, but these races come, this is the key, these races come from the hybridization of like a heter heterogeneous uh, um, place, right? Like a, a polyglot of, of, of people. So you've got to have a blending of the races to have continuity in the yuga cycles. You've got to have a blending of the races of humans to, uh, to inhabit, to, to create the new race, to inhabit the new cycle. Okay, it's key. What do you see happening right now? The racial division that is being created right now to make all these different races hate each other to separate people by race, it's never been stronger. And this is why I say like, eh, look, I get it, man. People, you know, the media, the, the powers that be, the, the social controllers of this world, like, yeah, they, they love division, they thrive on it, great. They've always been creating racial division, that's great. But it's different, man, it's different now. I've seen it, dude, it's different. Like, they're doing it at a higher level, they're doing it more aggressively, and it feels desperate. It is desperate. They're throwing fucking Hail Marys left and right. I've talked to so many people about this. Everybody feels this way. You guys gotta feel this way. It's desperate, dude. They're doing everything they can. They're being relentless with it. Even in the face, they usually give up on shit when it doesn't work and they switch gears, right? And there are so many people that are waking up to this race baiting bullshit. People of every race and color and background and people are waking up and they're like, dude, this is not, it ain't the white people's fault. It ain't the black people's fault. And it's not the Hispanic people's fault. It's not the Arab people's fault. It's not like there is some fucky shit going on here. And, and, and it's not we, the common people that are behind any of it. 
we got to stop playing the games. That that is like largely, I'm seeing that a lot. I'm not saying everybody, but there are a lot of people waking up more than ever before. I think. But they're still doing it. They're still playing this game, right? They're still running this playbook of racial division desperately. And they're just doing more and more and more. I mean, just every little thing they can get their hands on. They're just they're just broadcasting it and plastering it on every TV everywhere. That's what they're doing. Well, if you can get these races to hate each other and get try to keep all the white people from marrying black people. So like my ex-girlfriend was is half black, half white, right? And uh um <laughs> uh we had a lot of conversations about race and racism. And as you can imagine, right, with the zeitgeist and kind of being in the circles that we're in, um, we talked a lot about like how beautiful like little mixed babies are, you know? She's beautiful, right? Um, I think, you know, uh, everyone's beautiful in their own way, but I mean, a lot of mixed people get, get flack from fucking stupid people, but like, to me, there's just almost nothing more beautiful than like a little mixed baby or a, a mixed, a mixed um, race person of, of whatever. Of whatever race, I just I guess I, I I think it's beautiful for a lot of reasons, not just the physicality of it, but what it represents, and maybe that's the thing, right? Is that unity between the races might be, and according to Manly P. Hall, and he he provides a very compelling uh, case for this, is that the blending of the races results in an elevated consciousness of the offspring. Now think about whenever you breed a horse and um, and a donkey and you get a mule, right? I don't know how much you guys know about horse breeding, but I grew up out in the country. And um, when you have a horse and a, and a donkey, when you breed them and you get a mule, a mule is like, honestly, in a lot of ways, arguably, superior as fuck to a horse, right? They're superior. They're smart. They're big. They're strong. They don't get sick. They're, they're fucking cool. Like mules are badass. Um, Look at a, t- a tiger and a lion, right? I've never bred those or raised those, but uh, I've read about them because of, you know, Napoleon Dynamite. Um, they're bigger, they're better, they're better, right? And there are a lot of things like that, okay? There's something about hybridization that creates, at least in many cases, I'm not saying all of them, this is where like some dipshit asshole is gonna, like, gonna email me or DM me and be like, you know that's not true because like there's this fucking Mongolian earthworm that when you breed it with a rabbit, it turns into a fucking chicken. You know, I don't know, man. Look, I'm not a biologist here either, right? I'm just saying. Um, the hybridization of, of mammals, I think, Gen- generally produces a a superior, at least you know you could consider it maybe in some ways a superior or at least a beautiful um, offspring. So in humans, possibly this sort of sixth wave, or I think he said it's the sixth wave uh, of of, of uh, sixth root race or whatever in this next cycle. If 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 the next wave has to come from the hybridization of of like two other races, doesn't it make a lot of sense that they would be creating all this racial division to try to stop that from happening? Maybe so. Now, that's just one point, right? And the point I'm trying to make here is this, and I'm going to get to this. I think that there's a 5D shift happening, and it's it's being talked about all over all over the place, all over the internet. 
all within all of these 5D circles of people that I used to think were full of shit, right? Um, there is a 5D shift happening. Now, Robert Grant told me that I was about to have my 5D awakening. I didn't, I didn't not believe him because it's fucking Robert and I know he's crazy and he's tapped into shit, but he told me it was gonna happen and it did happen and now I can see the shit he's been telling me about and it's, it's crazy. Um, they're using racial division to stop the evolution, to stop the hybridization of, of, of different species, of, di of different races into this new, this new race of, um, uh, of highly, highly um, um, evolved humans, right? And I'm not saying that just because they're white and black or black and Asian or whatever that they're advanced, but what I'm saying is that there's some magic that is unlocked through this hybridization at this particular time. And I think it has a lot to do with the sun. There's a five dimension conscious upgrade that is trying to descend on, on humanity right now and they're trying to stop it. Um, people have been saying this for years. I said they were fucking crazy and I'm sorry, I was wrong. Okay, I'm with you. All right, same team. Next, they're spraying shit in the air to block the sun. Okay, if you don't believe this is happening, I'm happy to show you on the, um, just one particular example, on the uh, the Texas government website, uh, texas.gov, whatever, you can go on there, JC and I did it, and you can fill out an application to become a certified weather modification uh, contractor for the Texas government. And guess what? You can go do it for every other state too. So if you don't believe in it, you're just, you're just dumb and you're not looking at what there is. Well, I shouldn't say that. You're not necessarily dumb if you don't believe it, but you're dumb if, if you don't go look it up now. I'm telling you, JC and I filled out an application on the Texas government website to become certified weather, weather modification contractors for the state of Texas. And there is a whole industry around this. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is on the fucking website. Show this to your friends and family if they don't believe it. You can print out the application. It's such bullshit. It's about six questions long. But you've got to tell them, you know, what's your, what's your background in this? It's like, you know, it's like a fucking... A, a, a six question book report uh, exam for a third grader, right? It's clearly only a formality so that you can, they can give their friends certifications in these, in these different um, massive contractors like Raytheon and Lockheed and whoever else is doing it. They are spraying shit in the air, bro. They are spraying stuff in the air and I never could figure out why. I never could figure out why. People said it was smart dust, it was this, that, maybe whatever, I don't know, sure. Probably serves multiple purposes, you know? I mean, I know that if, as a guy who runs companies myself, if I was running a company spraying shit in the air, I'd try to find as many uses for it as I could. Maybe it is smart dust. But it's, it's barium, strontium, aluminum, and I can't remember what else. Those things are all radiation blockers. They are blocking the radiation of the sun that we are connected to the sun and the sun gives us downloads and the sun goes through cycles and the sun cycles are tied to these earth cycles that we, um, down here, that, you know, that we inhabit and that we, that we experience. And we are tied to the sun and the sun will, will give us upgrades. So will the moon, different story, but the sun will do it. They are spraying shit to block it. Again, they're trying to block the 5D awakening. Uh, why put fluoride in the pineal gland? in the water to block the pineal gland, right? To, to, to block that up, right? I mean, we, we, it's, it's easy to say like, well, because it just kind of makes you more of a zombie, right? Um, that's true, but what's clear to me is that the last two days, 
well, really the last week, but particularly since this 5D awakening two days ago during my full moon ceremony and my mushroom trip, the whole front lobe of my brain has been throbbing almost to the point of discomfort, right? Um, but I'm getting used to it, so it's, it's not really uncomfortable as much now, but it's, it's throbbing. It's just, it's just pulsating, and it's from my temples all the way across the top of my head and all the way around in front of my eyes, um, and the optic nerve has a lot to do with that too because when your third eye, third eye is engaged, you, uh, you're, you're, you, engage different, um, you engage more of your optic nerves because you can see more. You're actually seeing through reality and seeing things that really other people can't see, right? Uh, and I've had that happen before countless times like wake up with headaches and stuff because I was dreaming and I was looking at shit that wasn't there you know so you'll notice sometimes when people are talking certain people that are like really tapped in their eyes are moving around in front of their face and they're talking with their hands because they're constructing things in the air in front of them that's because your third eye is engaged when you're doing that your third eye is sort of this um it's it's this sort of portal that that links your imagination to like it, your imagination is like a bridge between this world and this other etheric sort of world into the Akasha or whatever you want to call it. So um, they're, they're, they're putting fluoride in there. Again, they're trying to block the 5D awakening. Uh, next, COVID. This whole fucking sham, right? Which, which is COVID has now just been exposed globally as a scam, right? By top scientific authorities everywhere. And by the CDC themselves, who have now admitted that 94% of the COVID deaths they've been reporting and flashing in everybody's face, trying to terrify the masses with, or effectively terrorizing much of the masses with, 94% of their numbers are bullshit. 94% of these deaths were due to, um, to other, other things, right? So, like, great-grandma's 90 years old. She has stage 4 lung cancer, all this terrible stuff. She's in, like, you know, stage 3 kidney failure, and she gets COVID and dies, and they're like, oh, COVID killed her. Yeah. Somebody, you know, gets hit by a bus and then they go test him and they're like, well, I heard he had a cough before he died. Um, so it sounds like COVID. That's literally how this is working. We work in a lot of hospitals. This is how it goes. My ex-wife works in, a, works in a, one of the biggest hospitals in Dallas. And I'm, I'm telling you, if someone's coughing and they die, they're getting put down as a COVID death. The CDC finally admitted that it was bullshit, Right. But yet they're still pushing for mandatory vaccinations and all this stuff. We're not going to get into what those vaccinations are going to have in them yet. But next week we are going to talk with David Whitehead and see if he has some input on that. I bet he does. My point is that they're using COVID to throw everybody off balance. Because guys, what I saw in that 5D cosmic attic and what I learned from that experience is that what will get us to 5D, what will get us into this five-dimensional consciousness and help us to... Um, to elevate, to ascend, to transcend this 3D muggle world is releasing limiting beliefs and fears. Releasing fears and limiting beliefs. And what have they done? I couldn't figure out what the COVID thing was all about. I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't just a political thing. And it's clear to me that it's not. It is, out of, out of all these things, racial division, spraying to block the sun, fluoride in the water to, 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 to calcify the pineal gland, and then now using COVID to create all this fear. Fear is what will keep us from 5D because when you're afraid, you're operating from your reptile brain. When you're afraid, you're operating from your root chakra, right? Your lowest chakra, your reptile brain. What is that called? What part of your brain is that? Your amygdala? I'm, I'm not a fucking neuroscientist either. See, 
I don't even care. I don't even know what it is. Somebody's gonna correct me on that. That's fine, tell me about it. I don't know what it is. Your reptile brain and your root chakra are essentially the same thing, right? One's in your brain, one's in your body, but you have north and south poles. Everything is everything. Um, and when you are afraid, you can't activate your other chakras. When you're operating from your reptile brain, you can, you're not capable of higher thought. When your root chakra has got all the energy sitting there because you're scared and you're unstable and you're worried about the future, it's hard to get all the way up to your crown chakra. And we have to activate our chakra system, the whole kundalini, the whole caduceus, all the way from root to crown, right? I'm walking around like I got a lightsaber up my ass, guys. That's how activated I am right now. I'm 5D as fuck. We gotta get like that, okay? I got friends been walking around like this for years and I'm like, what the fuck you guys? What are you doing? They just laughed at me. I called Britt and Chris. I'm like, what are these fucking guys? You've been holding out on me. And they just started laughing. They're like, man, we couldn't, we couldn't like wake, you know, you can't shake somebody into a 5D awakening. It's just, you gotta let go of your own shit. I was listening to that Trevor Hall song, Put Down What You're Carrying, when I was tripping, among other Trevor Hall songs. You gotta put down what you're carrying, guys. And what they've done is they've given us COVID. It's a lot to carry, it's a lot of baggage. They have dumped, they have dumped a fear of global, of a global pandemic, which is, is the most negligibly, negligibly lethal disease ever known to man. You gotta get fucking tested to even though you have it. Give me a break, give me a break. That's not a disease, right? That's like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. Well, what else do you have to get tested to know if you have it? You know, driving skills? Fuck out of here. They are dumping this baggage on us to keep us down. Guys, listen, I am not posting any more COVID shit. I'm gonna do my best not to. I might post <laughs> I might post something every once in a while, but it's funny, but we gotta transcend this 3D stuff. We gotta transcend this 3D stuff. We gotta get above it. We gotta get out of this COVID stuff, man. I talked to one of my buddies the other day, man. He was in such a, he was just, he was so upset, man. Worried about the COVID thing. Worried about the vaccines. We can't give into that fear, guys. We can't give into it, okay? We gotta get out of that. I think a lot of this stuff is, is really like they, they, they know who they're attacking. They know what they're doing. And the COVID thing, if we give into the fear, fear is, is, is the root of all limiting belief. I'll say that again. We have to let go of fear because fear is the root of all limiting belief. And what do you see right now? pasted on every TV, in every restaurant, every bar, every gym, every office, everywhere you go, every house. Fear, fear, fear. Fear that the cops are gonna kill you if you're this color. Feel that the colored people are gonna kill you if you're that color. Fear that this political party is gonna take all your stuff or that politi political party is gonna take all your stuff or COVID's gonna kill your family or your grandma or someone's not gonna wear a mask and then they're gonna kill your grandma. Have you seen anything but fear being blasted at full volume at you? They are trying to suppress it. They're spraying the skies. They're putting shit in the water. They're putting stuff in the food and they're trying to inject you with the vaccine and God knows what it's got in it. But I will tell you, 10 years ago, I had a blog and a, and a podcast back then. I stopped doing it, but I posted this article that was from Nature, um, the journal Nature, which is like one of the most you know, prominent scientific journals on the planet. And they were talking about having at that time, 10 years ago, they had tiny robot spiders they had developed that could climb on DNA strands that were so small. 
tiny robot spiders that could climb on your DNA strands because they were so small, and they could make modifications to your DNA. Now, this is not conspiracy theory. This is the preeminent, one of the top one or two or three preeminent scientific journals on the planet 10 years ago. You know what else they said is they said, man, if we, if we, if we really can do good work, like where this is headed, you know, this is just in its formative stages, and these fucking robot spiders can climb on your DNA and make adjustments. But the, but the, the next generation and the next generation and the next generation of robot spiders will be smaller, smarter, more controllable, and more capable of making more changes. That was 10 years ago, or 11. Think about how far phones have come in 10 or 11 years. The whole point was that they wanted to put these robot spiders into injections to, quote, fix diseases, to repair DNA, to fix genetic problems. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm sure that's all they're going to use them for. I'm positive. Because I am just those kind of, I'm, I'm that kind of conspiracy theorist that I just believe that these guys are really out to help us, man. They're really out to help us, you know? You know who invests in nanotechnology like that? Bill Gates. You know what they were doing at the Wuhan laboratory that was set up by that Harvard professor that was head of biotech at Harvard? Nanotech and diseases and vaccines. These motherfuckers got a plot, bro. All I'm saying is they wouldn't be this desperate. They wouldn't be going to these lengths if we didn't have a divine power within us to fight back. They want that divine power gone. They want to stamp it out. They can't win. They can't win. I'm telling you. They can't win. All we have to do is not operate from a place of fear. Take your fucking mask off. Stand together with your neighbors. Stand together with your community. Stand together with your local businesses. Get the police involved. I don't... I, look, man. I'm not a fan of police, right? Anyone who signs up for a job to get paid to carry a gun to go around barking orders and scaring its fellow citizens. Does any cops listen to this? I don't know why you do what you do. Straight up. But... Um, we need the police on our side. And if they're not going to be on our side, that's, your, that's, that's it. That's your number one concern. And that's who's going to give you a ticket if you don't wear a mask. That's who's going to arrest you if you don't get a vaccine. That's who's going to throw you out of the airport and not let you travel if you show up without your, your, your COVID test results, right? So if you're listening to this and you're a cop, man, you've got to be a good cop. You've got to be aware of what's going on here. Straight up. That's where we're at. For everybody else, we got to operate from a place of love. We got to let this shit go. We got to put down what we're carrying. We got to let go of all the fear and limiting beliefs. And we got to ascend into this 5D state of consciousness once we do that. And I'm telling you, once you ascend into this state of consciousness and you get into this mind space, it's going to change everything about the way that you live your life, that you operate, that you engage the world. And we're going to create a brighter, better future for us, for our kids, and for everybody. We might be able to stop a whole global disaster from happening just by waking the fuck up. Go check out that Manly P. Hall video. Um, I'll link it in the uh, description or whatever. And um, I'm going to see if I can't throw on this uh, Ananda Devi and Shiva Das song. <laughs> but if I can't, I'll link it in the thing. You'll know by the time I upload it if it's there or not. That's all I got for today, guys. Uh, it, it's Adam. Thanks for tuning into Wayfinder. Please share this with your, uh, with your friends and family, anybody else. Um, this is the new and improved Wayfinder. I'm super stoked. 
to be sitting here. I feel like this is the first time I've ever sat in this chair as myself. I hope you guys feel that. I hope you listened all the way to the end. <laughs> I had the best time, man. Uh, I showed up as me, and I, I feel like you guys are sitting right here with me. So it's been a, it's been a beautiful experience. So um, thank you for all the well wishes going through these changes in my life, all the DMs and the emails and stuff. It's been uh, it's been really dope. I really appreciate you guys so much. And um, I look forward to our next conversation. Um, this was so much fun. I might start doing this a lot more often. So uh, shoot me uh, shoot me a DM in Instagram. It's probably the best way to get a hold of me. There is a, I think there's an Adam at Wayfinder podcast email. I just, I don't know. I haven't accessed it yet, but I think it's, I think it's there. So just shoot me an email at Adam at Wayfinder podcast.com. Um, but, uh, you can definitely get a hold of me on, on DMS on, um, Instagram and I'll get back to those as quickly as I can. And so, yeah, if you guys have any, any questions or comments or any feedback, I always appreciate it if it's constructive, especially, um, and, uh, yeah, you guys are the reason, uh, that I do this and, um, hopefully it helps. And uh, yeah, um, reach out, share, share with people, like and subscribe, and also leave me reviews if you, if you don't mind. I really appreciate it. Like leaving me reviews is a big deal. Like it helps us in some way. I'm not sure, but I think it bumps us up the algorithm or it does something cool for us. So yeah, do that. Leave us a review. At least at least some stars for a rating, but definitely a review is like super helpful. So that's all I got. I love you guys. May the light be upon you. <sighs> May the light be upon you. May peace be within you. May you be a son on the paths of all men. God bless you guys. We'll talk soon.